Welcome to People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving world. Welcome to this episode of People in Exile. I'm your host for this episode, Chris Chambers. I am joined, per usual, with... The Ben Ellis. The Ben Ellis. And Andrew Chamberlain. Actually, Andrew. Actually, Andrew. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, today, fellas, we're going to get back to our uh, study of the Sermon on uh, the Mount. We left off uh, finishing up the Beatitudes, and uh, so we're going to move into verses 13 through 16 in this particular episode, taking a look at uh, uh, when Jesus tells us that uh, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, and exactly what that means. Uh, so that's where we're going today. Before we jump into that discussion, uh, we have um, we are continuing to give away our books, uh, commentaries uh, on the, the Sermon on the Mount. Today, uh, I think what we'll do is give away another one of the uh, Lloyd Jones, Martin Lloyd Jones. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, Such a fun resource, dude! It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It, so yesterday, somebody and, and um, I lead a life group at Northcliffe for all the non-Northcliffe church listeners, and um, somebody in our life group mentioned, "Hey, they were reading one of the Beatitude books, and yeah. they made that in reference to." Yeah, so like, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. It. Um, uh, what, what's interesting, like I have uh, uh, Stott, I have uh, Carson mm-hmm. um, as well, and we're actually we're giving those away as well. Um, and they, they they're all quoting Lloyd Jones and uh, his because of just how thorough, um, yep. you know, his, that resource is. So anyhow, uh, how in the world does somebody um, uh, become eligible to win uh, that book? Well, we our requirement is that you like the. Like the episode, like People in Exile. You know, we have a Facebook page like that. But like the episode, share the share the episode. And I think we've also included subscribe. uh, subscribing. Subscribe. Yeah. With, so, and comments, right? Yeah, we want, um, yeah, that'd be good, comments. Yeah. Think of people, you know, so we can see that. That's like on happening. iTunes or wherever, yeah. whatever your podcatcher yeah. app is, right? Yeah. 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 We, just, we just want to let more people hear it, and that's how we will do it. So do that, and you'll be eligible for a great book. So... With that being said, fellas, we uh, we finished up with the Beatitudes, and really, as we uh, as we talk through that, you know, uh, Ben kind of pointed out the fact that uh, this is kind of the gospel. We see the gospel yeah. in uh, in the Beatitudes. We kind of see that that uh, journey, uh, really, from from darkness to light, uh, if you will. Uh, kind of we, we we see the character of a believer, a character of a Christian. Really, the way that Jesus puts it, is a character of an individual, someone in the kingdom of heaven, right, or the kingdom of God. Uh, that is, those are the characteristics that uh, someone in that situation, or in the kingdom of heaven, I should say, uh, would have, would possess. Um, and then Jesus turns here a little bit and 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 says the following. Let me just read this section for us real quick. He says, "This you are the salt of the earth, but." If salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. At verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, uh, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father uh, who is in heaven. 
And so uh, he turns here, we, we see the character of an individual uh, in the kingdom of heaven, uh, the character of the Christian. And then here we see the influence, right, that the Christian will have on the world uh, around us. And I, I think one of the things that really, really uh, stood out, and, and, and Ben makes, made the point before we started recording, uh, that this, this section of scripture, salt and light, uh, is really kind of at the heart of people in exile, right, in general. It's just kind of our, our discussion. This is what we, this podcast is really all about, isn't it? Right, in a lot of ways, because... Th- Jeremiah 29.7, Andrew really brought this, I think, to the three of us as we were starting this whole process. Jeremiah 29.7, which says, Seek the welfare of the city, for in it you will find your welfare. Just this idea that engaging the welfare of the city, engaging the places where we are, is fundamental to the life of a believer. And uh, so I just think that that lined up very well with these two pieces of the the Sermon on the Mount here, uh, uh, what's happening there in the midst of all that. So I think it's a great... I think it's a great pairing for for us. Yeah. So let's uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's talk about salt here for a few minutes, and then we'll we'll turn to uh, to the light. Uh, one one of the things I, that again, I'll just make a, a an observation of both uh, is that what you see is a situation where you certainly he says you are. He doesn't say you should be. He doesn't say you should aspire to be, right? He says you are the salt of the earth, uh, and then of course in the in in, in the, the following. Uh, Versus, he says, you are uh, the light of the world. Again, same thing. It's not a command. Uh, it's a statement of fact. This is who you are. And again, mm-hmm. uh, we think of like Second Corinthians five seventeen, right? The, the, the you are a new creation, right? The old has passed away, the new has come. Uh, so the, our nature has has fundamentally changed, um, and you are fundamentally something different. But he also makes a statement that that even though your nature has changed, um, you can be. I mean, useless, right, for lack of a better term, right? Uh, if salt loses its its saltiness, uh, it's, no, it's 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 useless. It's it's no longer useful for anything. If light uh, is no longer a, a allowed to uh, share the light, uh, then it's no longer uh, something that can be of use. So let's talk about salt a little bit. What what is uh, what is this all about? Well, the, you know, there there's a couple different ways that uh, I think we could take this idea of okay, so like. If we're looking at why would he use this metaphor of salt, yeah, you know, yeah. then you're like, okay, well, so what are the purpose of salt? And this is a common way of, you know, trying to figure out what this means. And mm-hmm. You can talk about the perseverance that it brings, the flavor it brings. You can talk about um, just any of those types of benefits that I think are um, known. What I would be interested in knowing, and and this is, you know. I don't know when when did we in, uh, like discover salt like how I, I, I'm not expecting anybody here to answer that question but I mean was this like a common you know I'm wondering was this like a common thing that they were using at this time or was this like a you know like oh we just figured out this wonderful thing we can put on our french fries <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like when you know is this like i don't know i don't know that well, answer. well like you said the kind of the, the preservation aspect of it obviously they, they didn't have refrigeration they didn't have electricity right so i mean the, the, again when you hear this passage preached on a lot of times that's kind of where uh, a lot of preachers will go right is this mm-hmm. the preservation mm-hmm. aspect yeah. it's here to preserve uh whether well, it's meat well, or whatever yeah and i was just thinking i think it's probably been around for a long long time because when you think about the biblical the biblical construction just salt as, as it shows up in the Bible. I mean, you go all the way back to, uh, you know, Lot leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. right? He's fleeing, and, you know, they're just flee. God tells him, look, leave, and don't turn around. Don't yeah. look back. Don't, well, even, don't, don't even look back. Just go, right? And there's this sense of which, you know, and, and then his wife looks back, and then she turns into a pillar of salt. And, and I think, I, I don't think that that detail would have been left in the text without any kind of relational context. So they had to know what was happening. Exactly. It, this Google, little quick Google search I did 
they're saying the first time they saw it in a treaty on pharma pharmacology in China was 2070 BC. Hmm. Nice, interesting. Right. 2700 BC, excuse me. Well, and I think that's it, you know, one of the other things I was so thinking yeah, about too is like Ben said, been around. Salt trade in Africa too. Yeah. You know, there used to be it used to be a thing there too. And and the other part that's interesting, they've obviously, I mean, I think the text reveals kind of what Ben was saying because they if if it doesn't have the 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 substance that they want, the flavors, he says they they've been using it for what? Under their feet. So yeah. I mean, if you're putting something under your feet just as a ground cover or something along that line, that means like, hey, you got a maybe an abundance or yeah, absolutely, know, absolutely. Know, so, so he's definitely hitting to that flavor aspect, you know. So let me let me do this. R. T. Kendall is uh, one of these commentators I picked up here actually uh, since our last uh, episode, and uh, um, one of the things he he points out. Let me just let me just go through this real quick. Uh, he points at uh, a lot of different uses. Actually, he was a he's a, he was uh, maybe he was a professor uh, and uh, of the Bible. And uh, he asked his students to, to come up with different ways that salt can be used or different uses of salt. And he came up with, he said they, they ended up coming up with 40, 40 at least 40 things. He, he, he gives out a few of these here. Let me just mention this real quick. He says this, uh, let me remind you of a few things about salt uh, plus some of its uses. Number one, it is used for healing. Uh, number mm. two, it is a cleansing agent. Uh, mm. Number three, it helps to eliminate dye stains. Uh, number four, it gets rid of tea stains on fine china. Huh. Very, very specific. Uh, it melts ice. Uh, it keeps your feet from slipping on ice, kind of what you were pointing to, um, Andrew. Uh, it is used as a gargle for a sore throat. Uh, it is good for bathing tired feet. It is good for bee stings. I didn't know that. Uh, it stops bleeding. Also didn't know that. It kills unpleasant odors from garbage cans. In washing, it keeps uh, clothes sparkling white. Uh, it helps lessen sour taste, as in a grapefruit. I did know that. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, so if you ever run into this problem, you know what to do. Um, on a dunghill or a cesspit, it keeps disease away. So there you go. Hey. If you have any of those around, throw some salt on it. Um, Useful information. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to imagine somebody walking around our neighborhood. like Finding a dunghill. A Morton salt. <laughs> like, you know, oh, there's a dog turn. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is a preservative, as we've already mentioned, keeping things from spoiling. Uh, it is also an antiseptic, uh, killing germs. Uh, again, just to name a few of those things. So again, uh, uh, the question, did Jesus in first century with Palestine, did he have this in mind? Uh, you know, all of these things in mind, some of these in mind, none of these in mind. Uh, or, or was it so, like you said, 2,700 years before uh, uh, Christ was speaking this, uh, uh, the world knew about salt and knew the advantages of salt and all of the uses of salt. So it's such a general thing that, that anyone listening could understand, okay, I, I understand what, what, uh, what he's saying. Well, I mean, obviously I can't answer all of you know, that, that part because I don't know exactly, but the part that I, can, I feel pretty confident answering is that you know, we talk about the, uh, the ability that Christ had, okay, being fully God, fully man, and where that his, his, he allowed himself, I don't know if I'm using the best phrase there, but to be human, you know, Mm -hmm. on this earth but he also knew things you know and so i think he i think obviously he knew something there was a reason you know he chose that and you know we could probably i'm not saying we could get lost or we can overdo all the the attributes of salt and kind of miss it but you know the the point still remains is regardless if it's 50 40 207 these are very important vital things that everyday life is about that we need in this and, and and i think the point's being made that that you know 
as a believer, Christ puts us here for a very vital reason on this earth. That it, you know, it's not something we aspire to. It's not, as you mentioned, Chris, it's not something that is, you know, have to be found in essence. It is given by God, through God, and then ultimately for God. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. as a believer, we need to understand that, you know, you know, again, we don't want to, we don't want to get so cheesy that we like, well, I'm supposed to be the flavor of the world, so let me become a comedian. Okay, great. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't be a comedian, but my point is, I don't think we should you know, get too cliche-ish with it, but we should understand that as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we have a unique call in this world. And so you reference 2 Corinthians 5.17, and I'll stop after this, but we've been, we've been made a new creation because why? We're ambassadors. You know, we are here uh, to, to make the call of God to humanity. So I think it's the same point, and uh, I think it's, 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 it's powerful, you know? Following what Andrew's saying, too, it's easy because this feels so different than the verses right before it mm -hmm. to, to, to jump out of that context. That's a very good point. But, but the reality is, is that when we look back at you know 11 and 12, it says, Blessed are you when people uh, insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of th evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is in heaven, or for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets uh, who were before you. Uh, you are to be salt and light of the earth. So, I mean, I think Jesus gives us a little bit of a context about what that really means. Not just so much that insult in and of itself by itself, but rather he's already telling us that as a believer, you're going to feel some of this same pressure, the same persecution that the prophets did. And I think part of the way we understand salt in this context is to understand the way that the prophets functioned in the life of Israel and in the life of the world. And one of the things that they did was, just, just like what Andrew was saying, calling people back to a relationship with God. Now, for us as believers, that means calling people back to a relationship with God through the gospel of Jesus and how we have to kind of think through and make make that work in that conversation. So as Saul, one of the things that we're doing, you know, is we're, we're dealing with that idea of salt being a purifier, salt being a, a, a preservative. Salt. I mean, you can, you can add all those kind of things up, but the primary issue is, is that we're bringing the gospel into... And there are some times when that's going to be very unpleasant, right? Like when, like if you, we, there, there's a reason there's a cliche, pour salt in an open wound, right? Mm -hmm. Because even though it is doing a curative, a, a curative function, right? No, it it does not best. feel pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah. it's not a pleasant kind of thing. So I think there's some of that kind of in, in play, but I think really what Jesus is kind of doing here is he's kind of angling for us and helping us see with this statement be the salt of, uh, you know, you're the salt of the earth, that really are, we're dealing with that same kind of function coming out of the end of the Beatitudes there. So I, I was, I just Googled it again. And uh, to give credit to, I think it's gotquestions.org. I don't know who the author of, or the curator of that site is, but this was something interesting was that uh, our word salary actually derives from salt money. Like it's like, because that was like part of the currency or part of that, mm, you know, right. that backing. And so mm. I thought that was pretty interesting mm. going back to that 
the importance aspect. So mm -hmm. yeah, and 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 you know, just kind of thinking through uh, the context is always important when reading scripture, right? Making sure that we're not uh, taking it all by itself, uh, and as has been kind of pointed back to, uh, this statement isn't isn't all by itself either. You are the salt of the earth. It's not a period, right? It's a comma, right. Right, right. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, but if salt has lost its taste, uh, how shall its saltiness be restored? Uh, so the, I think one of the important things that we understand from salt, good takeaway, uh, is that there is a purpose for the salt. The salt has a particular usefulness, maybe particular useful, uh, several usefulness uh, purposes, right, that, that it has. But if it's no longer uh, serving that purpose, then it's no longer uh, it no longer can be used. I, one of the commentators, and maybe several of them, actually mentioned this idea of, uh, of, of in, in, in first century uh, you know, Palestine, you would have uh, individuals who, or you would have the, the, the salt that was, uh, that was uh, often uh, uh, mixed with like dirt or, 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 or sand. Um, and then, you know, you could, you could, uh, you could uh, uh, take that. It, it, anyhow, it, even if, even if it wasn't wholly salt, uh, it was, uh, it was still called salt a lot of times, even yeah. though it wasn't actually. So, so you can mix it and still yeah, so the make it salt. Right. So the, one of the, but it wasn't like a pure salt or something. Right. What, yeah, exactly. What, oh. what the point was, uh, you know, is that, that salt is always salt, right? Salt's never going to not be That's salt. A, salt oh, okay. is salt, right? The, the, but, but one of the ways it can, it can lose its, its usefulness is if it, if, if it gets contaminated. Over diluted. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so other things come in, and, and from a church standpoint, I mean, certainly, I think all of us can can uh, kind of think through. All right, how can the church become diluted? How can a Christian individual become diluted yeah. in that way and no longer? Like if we compromise, yeah, you know, like who we are, our beliefs, and our, our faith. Again, it's so critical, I think, for for us to keep in mind that individually and and and, and as the church, we have to be distinct from the world. Right yeah. when when that uh, difference, when that distinctness uh, goes away. So does our usefulness, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that's important to note here is that when we talk, of, oftentimes when believers come together and we talk about being diluted or being, you know, or compromising some of those kind of things, we immediately assume that, oh, if somebody's compromised, that means that, okay, you know, they've, they've been a Christian, but now they've done something bad. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's not necessarily true either, though. I mean, you can still be diluted, but be diluted with lots of good things, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's problematic at the same time. What do you mean? Yeah, give an example. Yeah, because I, I don't okay. know if I follow you there. Okay, so, so it's, uh, it goes back to one of these ideas that, you know, the good is the enemy of the best, right? Just because something... Is that, is that a, go back to Jim Collins there, I think. <laughs> yeah, Jim is the enemy of great, yes. Good is the enemy of great. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I have no was... idea what you guys are talking about, but I'm going to roll this. Chris and I have been talking a lot about this book called Good to Great yeah. lately, so that's why. Okay. Well, I've never read the book. Fair enough. And uh, I actually heard the... C.S. Lewis did not write it, by no, the way. <laughs> Hence, I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, but no, the good is the enemy of the best, but it's this idea of, like, there are good things in the world, like art and literature, and they, they, they form very positive kind of things, but an overemphasis on any of those things can pull you away from you, what the is best. central, what is yeah. the best, what is that central good, you know, so that's, so even if, you know, like, if you have, if you're cooking, right, and you have salt and you want salt to bring out a flavor, you could th also throw in <laughs> rosemary and thyme and sage mm. and, and uh, basil and bay leaves, and uh, at some point you now have too many spices and even though any one of them or any two of them would have been good in a, in a given context, too many of those spices flood it and make the meal garbage because now they're conflicting with each other. Now you're getting weird flavors and those kind of things. And I think that's one of the things that I was kind of walking to there. I think that's a good point. The, the one 
and, and I don't want to stay here too long, so I'll, I'll make this quick. But the one distinguishing difference from maybe that versus this would be if you have like an example, I think his name's Hymenius, you know, I think is one in that, that where, where Paul says, hey, we've given him over to Satan so that he may be, I think that's his name, hmm. but uh, I might be misquoting his name, but it's, it's, it's found in one of the, the epistles, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and where you, or I think it's in second John or third John where they're mentioning like, hey, all those who have went after this mm-hmm. false prophet, I, the, there, I think there is, what Ben's saying is, I think is right. There are times that we can, you know, I don't know if say lose our way or we can by the by trying to do good we actually end up actually doing wrong. I think that's one thing, but then I think there's a different thing when when we have all together said, you know what, I'm gonna compromise this or that or this. And I think there's a lot stricter and I think that's kinda what this text is getting to, you mm-hmm. know, you've lost your saltiness. You're not mm-hmm. getting it back, you know. Right. So so that's not to I'm not trying to, you know, argue Ben's point. I'm just saying there is a um I don't know. I, I just read 16 or whichever one that's lost your saltiness. I read that as a much more grave type of statement than, than um, I just, um, you know, growing up, I grew up in a, in a faith tradition that taught, hey, you would you could lose your salvation. And this these would be the type of text that they would they point to. Yeah, ah. like, oh, you know, so well, maybe, maybe re- there's a little bit of that in me where it's like, oh, I get nervous. Well, re- real quick, I would say, since you brought that up, uh, go ahead and comment on... Um, why this text isn't saying uh, that uh, that a person could lose uh, their salvation. Well, I think it goes back to, there's two points I would make. One, um, and I, I don't have the text in front of me now, but one where it says that we are the salt, we are the light. Okay, so he's already distinguishing that yep. we, that's where that's we are. That's who we are, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then second is, um, even if you've lost usefulness that does not mean you have lost relationship and i think that's you know i would i would make that point like um you know there there is a uh, i'll I'll throw one out there that that may be not where we want to go but if you think of ananias and sapphire even though they they lied and they died right um i did not my laughter is the rhyming there i did not (laughs) not intend that (laughs) lied and died but does that mean they lost their salvation i would argue no you know that does not necessarily mean that so it's that kind of a same thing. Like you, you can you can severely, severely uh, thwart the ministry that God has called you to do, but that does not mean you have thwarted the relationship. Because John six says nothing can take you from the hand of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where I'd go in a quick way. So. Yeah, and I think just just following along with that, I, I think the reality is is that going back to the the passage that you gave us, Chris, which was. Uh, 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 Corinthians five seventeen that if anybody is in Christ he is a new creation. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something functionally different about the nature of a person who has been saved and who has been redeemed by Christ, and it's not something again. Just as Andrew said, no one's going to take that away from you. Yeah. you. You can't. Nobody is powerful enough to to take out of God's hand that which He has taken for Himself. And I think it's kind of a, a you know, ridiculous for us to say, you know, there's, there's in that sense, like now, now, now that I've done this, now that I've been transformed, I'm going to be de-transformed and that yeah. de-transformation is going to be of my own accord because my power supersedes that of what God has created is new. And I think that's a dangerous place to kind of walk. Well, and, and again, I, I would say going back to even, uh, the, the, the point of y- y- you are the salt of the earth. He doesn't say you cease to become salt. 
Right. Right. <laughs> you, right, see, right. you no longer solve. You're just useless. You, you, yeah. You're just a, you're useless solve at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, yeah, I agree, agree with all of those things. I'll, I'll just point to this real quick, and then we'll jump into uh, the light section. And there's, unless there's anything else you want to want to discuss about the salt, uh, Chandler, Matt Chandler, man, Lo- love Matt Chandler. Listen to him quite a bit. Um, it's funny. There, there was a he did a he did a series like a three week series on uh, salt on this section, salt and light. And I listened to it first time I don't know years ago, five years ago or so. And through the years, I've listened to it here, you know, a couple times here and there. And uh, uh, three, three things he, he points out, in his opinion, he says, here's reasons why the church, kind of capital C, has lost its saltiness. Uh, he says, number one, there's a passion on the width uh, of the church, not the depth. Okay, mm-hmm. I think I think all of us here certainly would agree with that. Uh, we're more worried oftentimes about how many individuals are sitting in the pews as opposed to the 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 the, uh, the depth uh, of the relationship uh, with Christ. Right. Uh, number two, he says there's a disintegration of community. Uh, he points to the fact that there's you know there's no longer front porches, right? Only only back porches. The idea that 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 we don't even in our communities uh, stay and and try to bring individuals in. Uh, it's something where we we kind of segregate ourselves. Uh, and then number three, he says that uh, we live in a culture uh, that is built on speed, right? We want instant gratification. And so you have individuals who, who are who, who, who in their lives spend years and years and years kind of uh, just tearing their lives down, right? you know, t- taking on, you know, bad vices and, and so on and so forth. And then they, they say, okay, they hit rock bottom and they want to turn their life around. And they've heard, well, Jesus is the answer. So you go to church, you give them, you know, three months or six months, your life hasn't completely transformed uh, in that three to six months. You're still dealing with the same issues and struggles and say, okay, well, I'm going to go find something else. Clearly this isn't the answer. Now, the point is, right, that uh, uh, that this transformation, although the justification happens in an instant, right? That sanctification process takes time, uh, right? And so, anyhow, those are those are three of the things that he points. Out. I, I think we'd all agree with those three things, whether or not uh, that is specifically is is, is why uh, or or ways that the uh, the church loses its saltiness. I mean, what do you think on any three of, in any one of those uh, three? Any any comments? Well, I think the easiest one is the depth. With, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think that's a you know kind of a one. I think every. You know, I feel like that's actually changing a little bit in our churches mm-hmm. now, which I'm excited about. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of been a battle in the last 10 years-ish. Yeah. And I, 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 let me be the optimistic one this morning. I kind of feel like we're sw- shifting, even in some of the mega, you know, like we, we see some of these big uh, mega churches that are driven more on um, attractional type mm-hmm. of things. I think you can even see some of the change there and some yeah. of the, things that I've read, some of the sermons I've heard, some of the books that are coming out. So I'm very encouraged by that, but I'm not saying it's over by any means. I'm just saying I feel like there's positive. But the one that's interesting that I never, I wouldn't have ever really thought about was that community one, Mm. you know? And and I think one of, you know, I won't mention the name here, but I had someone recently tell me they were very interested in leaving their church. This is a solid person of Christ, but because, not because of bad teaching, not because of anything to do with music or any activities, it was the, the word they came out with, we have no community. Hmm. And, you know, that's something I feel like we're, we're, we're being very intentional at Northcliffe right now, trying to, you know, we're not perfect at it, you know, but I feel like we are trying, you know, like, okay, how can we hang out with each other? How can we spend time? How can yeah. we pray for each other? How can we do these things? And so I think that's a, you know, I think that's a, that's not one I would have thought about, but I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, it's a cool point he makes. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of the things, too, that as you think about both salt and light, they're really kind of defined in communal contexts anyway, right? So because you're really dealing with this sense of, of looking together and being together, this is how, uh, you know, the community of the church actually grew up. I mean, you look at... Yeah, like Acts you, 2. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You, 
you fast forward to Acts 2, I was going to say Acts in general, but Acts 2 specifically, I think is a great example of that because that's exactly what the early church did. They gathered from house to house, breaking bread. You know, all these kind of things are done in this very tight community. So you can really see where that lack of community that Chandler's talking about there really could be and have some serious negative impact on the life of the church and how it has saltiness or even functions as light, right? Because, uh, you know, a city and a hill can't be hidden, right? But you can be far enough away from the city that you can't see the light, you know? And that's one of those things that if you shelter it in, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. And you look at that third one, speed. Yeah. Culture built on speed. Yeah. yeah. And you think about if you, if again, using that analogy of uh, salt, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a somebody who understands this really well, but I know that if you're going to cure meat, for example, mm-hmm. or preserve meat, it's going to take a while. Sure. You know, yep. to use that salt process. Yep. And I don't mean to be too cliche with mm-hmm. that, but I think you made a really good point. Matt makes a really good point because, again, I have an experience just this past week where someone was saying, not directly to me, but to people I know, um, well, this didn't happen in my faith. Therefore, I cannot keep this going because it wasn't quick enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's such yeah. a short side of view. Like, yeah. look at mm-hmm. all the great things that have happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. and why is that not there yet? There could be a litany of reasons besides this. And so that speed thing, that's cool. That's that's a good point. Man, I mean, he's, he's like, a smart dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, how about like, um, you know, I mean, I I I I can guarantee right that everybody here at this table has 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 been through periods of time in their life when. Uh, maybe you hear something, you read something, and and maybe it doesn't line up with with what you're doing, the way you're carrying out your life, something like that. And and, and your initial thought is, I, I want to push back against that, right? But yeah, as you, definitely. but 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 <laughs> uh, but as the as the word continues, right, yeah. transforming our mind, it, it and 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 begins really to transform our hearts. Suddenly, well, you know what? I I no longer want to hold on to that, right? Yeah. I prefer what he yeah. has for yeah. me. I need uh, but, it more, yeah. But it doesn't happen overnight. No, oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know. Um, it's a now, good point. Good point. so moving into this this next section, so he says, you know, obviously, uh, you are the light uh, uh, or the salt of the earth. But then he moves in and he points to light. He says, you are the light of the world. As Ben was pointing to just a moment ago, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp, right, and put it under a basket, uh, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Uh, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory. Uh, to your father uh, who is in heaven. So let's talk about light a little bit. And again, uh, the same point that, that we made for salt certainly applies here. We think of, all right, what, what, what does light do? What is the pur- purpose of light? Well, it fills the darkness so that, so that uh, right, it gives light. It allows us to see uh, um, it, 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 if, if the light is, is covered in some way with again, its, its sole purpose. Uh, is no longer able to uh, to manifest itself, right? Mm-hmm. And so that usefulness, mm-hmm. the purpose, ends up going away. Uh, anyhow, uh, what, 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 what's uh, what's this section about? I think some some of the interesting things about light, and I just lo- I like some of the imagery. I love light imagery just in general, yeah. like as as a general thing. And it's all through scripture it. too. Right? It's all through yeah. scripture, and and it's it's it plays a prominent role in one of my favorite in my favorite gospel, which is the Gospel of John. Yeah, You're right from the from the get go, it's right there. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is that dark is passive, light is active. Mm. Right. There's very much a sense in which light is this thing. It has substance. It has reality to it. And it pushes out. And when it pushes out, there's nothing darkness can really do about it. Mm. And that's the thing that I absolutely love about it. In fact, that's what John says in uh, John chapter one. He says light came into the world and the darkness could not comprehend or overcome it, depending on which which translation you're using right there. Uh, in in John one five, and that's one of the things I think I love about it, and I think it's so it's so evocative uh, in the imagery that Jesus is using here as well, because because it's it's this idea that light on a lampstand 
is is up there and it, it shines down much in the way that we keep all of our you know we, most of our lights are in our ceilings right and they come down and that's really kind of what the role of the lampstand was was to bring the light up so it diffused and covered more of the more of the room in the same way as sitting on a hill you put them up there so you, people could see them people mm-hmm. could find them you know and and you you well there are some defensive reasons for it too but the light issue here it was light pushing out into the darkness of the world and I thought that was really that's really kind of this idea ties together very well with what John's going to do later in, in chapter one of, of and, his gospel. And it is very evocative, not to be confused with provocative. Uh, it simply evokes uh, that imagery that uh, Ben was referring to. You know, it'd be really cool at some point in this journey together if we could have a book yeah. just of all the cool words Ben introduces. <laughs> I would love it. That would be the best Christmas yeah. present we could give so many people. That would be yeah. what we could give away. There you go. Yeah, people yeah. would love that. We could have Ben sign it. That's right. Gold mine. Words that you don't hear very often <laughs> unless you listen to people in exile and you hear it week in and week out, right? Man, I love Ben. All right. So I, I have a different little take here yeah. that I kind of like to hear y'all's thoughts on. Notice the difference of how Christ talks about the, the losing the saltiness. Mm-hmm. Like it, when you read that part, it almost, ins- I don't know if you want to say insinuates, but you could read into it that you could choose to lose the saltiness. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at the light, it doesn't look like the light has a choice. It's like, well, duh, I'm not going to put it under a, you know, a basket or whatever. It, when, when I read specifically trying to interpret those two things mm-hmm. and trying to, especially if you're coming from a losing your salvation mindset mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, figure out why it's written differently or seems to be written differently. Just be kind of curious to, if you all notice that or your thoughts on that. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah I think, but I think he does give us the same option. I think uh, certainly the way Jesus approaches the idea of, you know, you'd be an idiot if you put a, a lamp, a, a lamp, right. a, a basket over yeah. that lamp. I mean, why would you do that? Yeah. Right. But I think in this, but I think that's that same a rhetorical Idea. moment, yeah. if you will, where Jesus is, is saying, you know, you wouldn't do it. Like, just the same, I think it is. He was saying salt doesn't want to naturally lose its saltiness, mm-hmm. but if it does, right? And again, I think that's that I think that's that same moment. But I think the challenge with that is, is we're perso- personifying, you know, those elements, which it seems that he's not. It, it, it seems that he is with salt, but it doesn't seem like he is with light. This is my point. It's almost like... That's the challenge still with with even how, you know, like what you just said mm-hmm. there, Ben, is that he's giving, it seems like he's giving the power to salt to be salty or not, but it doesn't seem like he's giving the power to light to choose to not be light or not. That's, you know, that's the, that's the challenge I have with this text. I think I see what you're saying because even, even the basket is an external kind of thing. Like yeah. the, the light it's hasn't good, yeah. changed under the basket. It's just that you've, you've walled it off. I mean, yeah. that's the only difference. So uh, yeah, I think I see what you're saying there then. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, I, I just wonder then if I've, if I'm misreading the salt, like it's like salt can't lose its saltiness because right. it's, a, it's, it's a salt. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it can't happen. If it were, this was what it would be mm-hmm. like light cannot be blocked if it, you know, so maybe that's one way to interpret mm-hmm. it, you know, and I think I, I, I'm imagining a lot of people do, um, so I just, it's a curious thought and, and I don't mean to cause confusion. I just think when I look at text, I look at, I try to look sure. at all those details Absolutely. and try to figure out like why and, and so forth. And so I'll just, I'll, let me add one thing out there, uh, to anyone that's listening. You have so many wonderful resources available to us today where you can go back. You don't even, you don't have to have, you know, thousands of dollars in a degree, as great as that may be, you can go and there's a lot of great people that have done a lot of this and will give you their work and show you. And, and I think it's just something really cool to lean in on. 
um, with that. So, but from a Bible study standpoint, again, I, you know, and, 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 and I, I would say I struggle with this at, at times. Um, it's good just to just to just to sit down with the word, right? Yeah. And and just kind of bang your head, right? <laughs> just kind of force yourself. Let me think through this. What is this yeah. saying? Uh, and and one of the ways of doing that is just you know I think it's uh, MacArthur who you know he he actually wrote a book on you know how to study how he studies and you know this idea of of reading passages over and 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 over. Um, and 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 it's true as you do that. Uh, you know, maybe the second, third time, it's like, okay, I, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. Fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, suddenly you're starting to see things yeah. that you hadn't seen previously. I had um, a professor one time, he told us, and in, in, uh, it was an undergrad, he was like, I think it was, he's like, you should not preach a sermon unless you've read it 15 times. Yeah. And I, I was like, why 15? <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I think the point was yeah. that, yeah. exactly what you're saying, yeah. Chris, that continual. Yeah. That's you know, right. Steeped in it. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, all right, coming back to you. So, so you are the light of uh, of the uh, of the world. Um, again, you know, city set on a hill. We got the the the, the lamp. Let me uh, let me do this. Um, there is again this R. T. Kendall once again, and 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 again, I don't know if, if this is at all helpful. And again, I don't I don't I don't think it's uh, helpful to always look to spiritualize right uh, uh, the text. And we got to be careful because sometimes we get over spiritualize the text and, and lose its meaning altogether. Uh, but he uh, he kind of points at. Um, uh, he looks at a lamp, and, and, and obviously, in, in, in where we are, 21st century, um, you know, we, we t- flip a switch and we have light, right? Uh, obviously, first century, that's not what that's not the situation, right? right. Uh, if you wanted light, you would uh, you'd have maybe a lamp. Uh, you would literally light a wick, right? That was in oil, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how you would be provided uh, that light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if you're open, if you're entering in, into a dark room and you lit that, and then you take a bowl and you put it on top of it. I mean, mm-hmm. the point is, like, you wouldn't do that. Like, it's just ridiculous mm-hmm. to even think of. So much effort goes into lighting the lamp. Why would you even bother? Right, and, and, and even, even again, our 21st century minds can kind of go to, like, you think of a lamp, a typical lamp that we think of, and it has a lamp shade, right? And so mm-hmm. I think our minds can sometimes kind of read into this, and a bowl is kind of like a lampshade, and, you know, it only gives enough. But that's not the point. The point of the text is you put the bowl over it, and you suddenly can't see the light at all, right? The, the mm-hmm. light is gone. Anyhow, I'm going to move past that because there, there, another point uh, you pointed to John, Jesus says what about himself? I, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Pretty amazing. Here we are, uh, right? He, 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 he'll, he'll tell us here in a moment. He, he has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law uh, in the prophecy. He tells us that here in, in this next section. Uh, but here is, uh, uh, again, the, 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 the word made flesh, as you pointed in the beginning of John there, mm-hmm, first, first mm-hmm. chapter of John. Here he is, the light of the world. And suddenly now, you as a Christian, are the light of the world. Same, same, same words, man. <laughs> Suddenly, we, uh, we are what he is, uh, only because of what he has done yes. uh, for us. And and you're hitting where I want to go. Yeah. Actually, look at verse sixteen, okay? And and uh, I think this is an interesting point. And and uh, he says there, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, yeah. okay? But notice that he says that they may see your good deeds. Mm-hmm. If you really pay attention to that, your good deeds are not your light. Mm-hmm. It's not the light. No, right. You know, and I think that's an important part because you hit on it. What is the light? It's, it's, it's Jesus Christ. It's Christ. Yeah, you know? it's Christ. And, you, and so what we believe as Christians is that the reason that we are who we are is because the imputed, the given yep. righteousness mm-hmm. of Christ, the indwelling Holy Spirit. So when we do good deeds, when we do something that the world says, huh, that's different. Why did you do that? It. It's that's not actually the light. The light then becomes, huh? Let's look at that. Well, 
the reason I did it is because of Christ. That's the light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just a fascinating point that we're sharing, if you will, mm-hmm. the light of who Christ is. That's why we have that. That divine light yeah. uh, and divine life that only he can give. Right? Yeah, and, and for us, too, I think, you know, one of the things that we're asking is how do we seek the welfare of the city? Like, this is this is why we seek the welfare of the city, mm-hmm. right? Because this is the welfare of the city. The gospel is the welfare of the city. So in every facet... Like this isn't just text on a page anymore. Yeah. Like this is this is living and breathing, and now mm-hmm. you're you're living and breathing it. You are the light of the world if you are a follower of Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus. And now, how I you know am a plumber, am an AC guy, am a whatever it is you do professionally yeah. or as a parent, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you do in all those facets, like that, this is your role, right? This is what Jesus is calling you to do above above and beyond whatever whatever your your vocation is or whatever your station in life is, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, this is your primary role. This is your primary uh, uh, characteristic. This is the essence of who you are in some sense is that you are a a reflection of who Christ is, mm-hmm. right? Which is, and that goes all the way back to Genesis one and God creating us in his image and all these other kind of things, mm-hmm. that you know, the restoration of everything that's happening, but this is the beginning of it. This is the inaugurated kingdom is what we're talking about in some ways there. But this is how we do that in a regular everyday world is that we are displaying the gospel in every facet of what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this, there was this one, you know, the, like we, we have the moon, right? And, and at nighttime, man, you know, especially you have a full moon, you have all this light that you're able to see. But again, it's not the light in and of itself. The moon doesn't have any light. It's, it's simply reflecting, reflecting the sun, the sun right? Uh, same way, that's kind of, as uh, us as Christians, it's the same, same sense uh, that we get there. But but he, he says there are these, these good works, and I think of Ephesians 2.10, right? Where mm-hmm. he says, uh, you are uh, my, uh, we are his workmanship or his masterpiece, Cre- right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, created for the, the, to, to, to walk in these good works in which we were created, that were created for us beforehand. Before what? Before the foundation of the world. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I've thought yeah. on that text like a million, like a, it's just so big. Yeah. It's huge. Anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that, but that, that's, where, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's where we're going uh, with this. And so, uh, and, and again, the whole purpose of all of that, he, he created these things that we could do so that others can see them. So we're not to conceal them at the same time as we move into, we're not to be like the Pharisees and, and boasting and, hey, look at me, look at me. Yeah. But we are to do those good works in his name, right? Yeah. We, we, mm-hmm. there, there's a quote that was assigned to uh, St. Francis Assisi, probably not actually his as you, as you look through, but said something like, uh, you know, preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. Use words, yeah. Uh, uh, th- this R.T. Kendall, I've, I think I've mentioned him now three times, but he, he, he mentions in here, he tells a story of this lady, uh, she's out in California, and, and uh, she, she, she feels like, oh, I don't need to tell people about Jesus, I'm just going to live a life that, that obviously just, uh, you know, exuberates who he is, and, uh, but I'm not going to speak uh, uh, as to what it is. People will kind of figure it out. And, uh, you know, and after, after a few years of doing this, somebody came up to her and said, you know, you are really different. You know, something about you is significant. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> no, no. And then the, 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 the individual says, are you a vegetarian? <laughs> oh, man. So, again, a silly example, but uh, the idea being, like, people will attribute, right, uh, whatever those good works are to whatever it is they, they, they may want to do that to. So it is important for us to walk into those good works, not in a boastful manner, right, but also, always to give glory to, uh, to him, uh, because it's only because of him that we're even able to walk in those good works, right, mm-hmm. uh, and able to walk in uh, the light. Um, well, we, we, we just got a, a couple of minutes left. There's, there's one other point that I wanted to make, but before we get there, uh, last, last few comments on uh, salt and or light. Well, I'll just make one last one and I'll be done. Um, the, uh, the, the point that Ben made about 
pointing us back to our namesake. Okay, uh, that this is you know the the good the the good of our city is the gospel. And, yeah. And 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 that I just I think is really important, and I just kind of want to add one element to that that as we're talking about these characteristics of of who we are, or maybe even better than care, like these, this is who we are. We are salt and light. You know, let me give one warning to believers out there. And we've kind of seen this in just some various different forms in the area that we're living is that you, you and what you're doing, if you are not pointing people to Christ, you're pointing them to something. And as a Christian, if you're not pointing them to Christ, but you're pointing them to something else, that doesn't mean you've lost your faith by any means, but it may mean what you're not leading people to other, to a real saving faith. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be too heavy handed yeah, with that, yeah. but I think we, we all need to have a very, you know, a very, um, I would say conscientious awareness. Intentional. Yeah. Well that intentional. Yeah. We got to be intentional to do it the right way, but I'm just saying like, we have to be aware, like my goodness is, am I, is, you know, politics, for example, am I more concerned about, mm-hmm nationalism or am I more concerned about the gospel? Am I more concerned about fill in the blank? Mm, and, yep. and that's the easy one to pick on. And I sure. understand there's a lot of people who care. And, and, and I, and I think some Christians right now, we're picking on them too much and we got to be careful how we're doing that. We got to understand some of those nuances, but beside the point of all that, we just have to understand that that doesn't mean you've lost your faith, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily leading other people to faith. And mm-hmm. so we got to really have a reckoning of how we do that and making sure that, and, and here's the reality. You're going to mess up. I've messed up, you know, everybody's messed up and that's not a, that's not a, but you got to be able to admit, man, I messed up there. Mm -hmm. That's not the way I need to do this or that the way I should be doing that. And that's a big conversation. There's a lot of things there. And I don't mean to like open up a whole nother thing. I just, I think it's important that we know that we are the salt, we are the light. So therefore we better be pointing it the right direction. Yeah. That's it. The, the, uh, the last thing that I just wanted to mention was again, making sure that we understand Hey, this is the Sermon on the Mount, right? We, we, we started in the Beatitudes. We're now moving into the section on salt and light. We started the Beatitudes and said, this is the character of an individual in the kingdom of heaven. We're now moving into here. Here's the influence of those individuals who have that character. Uh, one of the ways that we don't lose our, uh, uh, saltiness, one of the ways that we don't lose our, uh, uh, or put a bowl over the light, right? Cover that light is going back, reminding ourselves on a daily basis about those Beatitudes. Who are we? What is our problem? proper character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and and another way to put it would be to preach the gospel to ourselves on a daily basis, right? Uh, always, never forgetting. Uh, uh, why it, Why is it that I should be merciful to others? Why is it that I should always extend grace? Well, because of how much grace I've been given, right? But it, it, it's also to remember, but why, is, why, why do I feel like I've been extended so much grace? Man, what a wicked and depraved individual I am, right? Mm-hmm. But for the mm-hmm. grace of God, uh, uh, where would I be? And so I, I think that those things are important to make sure that we're, we're seeing that. And then moving forward, just kind of uh, thinking ahead here, we're going to move into the next section, uh, verse 17 through 20, where we see uh, uh, Jesus then say, right, and he, he shifts once again. It, it, you also see in this section, he starts out in the uh, third person, right? Blessed are those who uh, are persecuted. Blessed are those, you know, so on and so forth. And then he turns it to second person. He said, blessed are you, right, when those revile you. And then he turns it to first person here in verse 17, right? And he starts saying, but I have come, you know, I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And, and, and again, you almost see a pointing to him, right? The whole, whole of scripture is pointing to Jesus. And even right now in this first few uh, verses of the sermon, we see that uh, as well. Uh, but he's going to go on uh, to explain. And again, he makes a statement and it's, in, it's interesting to me. And again, I don't want to get too far into it, but it's interesting to me that he, 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 he obviously felt it was important to let individuals know I haven't come to abolish the law. 
there, that means there, there was a sense, right, that some people felt like what he was preaching, this idea of grace, was in fact actually abolishing the law, right? Uh, anyhow, and then what he does after he, he, he says, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets, and then he goes and gives six examples, right, that takes us really through the end of chapter five, just thinking of that kind of uh, outline there. He gives us six specific examples. Well, this is how you've heard it said, right? He, he doesn't say it is written, right? He doesn't say this is what the Old Testament says. He says, you have heard it said, uh, and then he says, well, if, so that's the interpretation that you're given. How However, the proper interpretation as, as the all authoritative uh, uh, interpreter of scripture, right, uh, this is actually what is meant. He goes on to give us those, uh, those six examples. So anyway, just kind of a little, little precursor. That's where we're going, right? That's where Good. we're going. Yeah, that's, that, it's, it's awesome stuff. Yeah, that's great. It, it is. It really is. Um, okay. Who wants to close the word of prayer before we, uh, we wind up? Oh, I'd love to. All right, I'd love ahead, to. Man. God, thanks for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the opportunity to come around your word, come around this conversation, God, and just uh, make you the center of it. Help us understand that, Father, you have given us this role to play in the in the life of our world. You have given us the opportunity to be salt, to be light, to, to make an impact meaningfully with your gospel in every corner of our life. And, Father, for us as individuals and for anybody who, who is hearing this, uh, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, help us to be the kind of people who are making an impact in our world with the gospel, whether that's uh, in whatever in whatever way we, we we never whenever challenge we live through today, Father God, help us to remember to point back to the grace and the love that you have so richly lavished uh, upon us. We pray these in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.